Do you want to reach your full kingdom potential? Welcome to Walking in the Spirit with Carlos Rivera. Listen, it's not enough to desire something. You gotta do something. Man, I gotta say that one more time. It's not enough to desire something. You gotta do something. It's time to take action and connection, involvement and commitment to the next level. Here's Carlos Rivera. Hebrews 12, 28 and 29 says, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, Let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. For our God is a consuming fire. Our God is a consuming fire. There's a spirit in the church today that is literally draining the church of its energy and making it powerless. It's disarming and dismantling the body of Christ and allowing the enemy to totally disrupt the church, our society, and the world. The condition I'm referring to is the spirit of apathy. See, to be apathetic is not to care about what matters most. Jesus referred to it as being lukewarm. See, many years ago, a missionary employed a Chinese scholar to translate the New Testament into the Chinese language. The scholar had never heard of Christianity until the missionary hired him. Talking to the scholar, the missionary said, After you have translated the Bible, what do you think of Christianity? Would you like to become a Christian? The scholar replied, yes, I think it's wonderful. And if I could see a Christian, I might be interested in becoming one. The missionary replied, I'm a Christian. The scholar exclaimed, I don't mean to offend you, but the Bible says that Christians are Christ-like. I've not seen Christ in your life. I see you talk about people when they weren't there. Would Christ do that? I've seen you lust after your neighbor's wife. I've seen you drink sake until you were in a drunken stupor. Are these the actions of a Christian? I think not. I think that if I could see a Christian, I would become one. See, I think that the greatest enemy of the church is not Satan. It's those that profess to know God, but don't show God. What we believe should affect how we behave. See, many of us have seen folks that confess to be Christians, yet they're more excited about their sin than their Savior. They flow with the status quo and don't want anyone to know. They talk the talk, but don't walk the walk. Some act like saints on Sunday, but act like sinners on Monday. See, James refers to those as double-minded men, unstable in all their ways. Now, in our biblical text, it portrays the Lord God as a consuming fire, which is why scripture often uses fire to describe the Lord. You see, fire signified the holy presence of God when the Lord appeared to Moses in a burning bush. Fire was an instrument of God's judgment as the Lord consumed many Israelites for whining and complaining. Fire is a sign of God's power as Elijah calls down fire and brings Israel back to worshiping the Lord. Fire is the element of freedom for the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. It only burned what had them bound. See, fire is the manifestation of God to birth the church in the power of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. See, let the fire inside of you burn brighter than the fire around you. God wants us so on fire that we set fire to everyone around us. Get on fire for God and people will come and see you burn. The devil fears a heart on fire with the love of God. See, fire portrays the character of the Holy Spirit in three critical ways. The first one is that fire is the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
in Matthew 3.11, where the Word of God says, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. You see here, John the Baptist prepared the way for Jesus by preaching repentance in preparation for the baptism of the Holy Spirit and fire. You see, revival fires begin when the people of God repent. In 2 Chronicles 7, 14, it says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. See, the fire is not going to come because the government creates reform. The fire is not going to come because the world becomes more tolerant. The fire is not going to come when we discover some new technology. The fire of revival will come. As the word says, my people. That's right, my people, the church, the believing, the Bible believing, blood bought, born again, saved, sanctified, and full of the Holy Ghost, people of God. Shout out, that's me. That's right, my people who are called by my name. That's right, the name that saves, the name that heals, the name that sets free, the name that restores, the name that renews, the name that revives, that makes demons tremble, the name above all names, the name that every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. His name is Jesus. Shout Jesus. Shout it again, Jesus. Shout it again, Jesus. Amen. It says, my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. That's right. Will remove pride. Will totally depend on me. Will proclaim me as their source. Will give me all the glory and pray and seek my face. Would spend time with me. Would ask of me. Would experience my presence, my purpose, my power. Would intercede. Would rely on me. Would seek an intimate relationship. And Bible says, and turn from their wicked ways. If they would repent and change their minds and change their direction, forsake evil and resist temptation. Say, turn turn. See, the Bible says, when that happens, then I will hear, I will forgive, and I will hear their land. Hallelujah. God is more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than we could ever ask or think. If you believe that, give the Lord a praise. Hallelujah. The second thing we see here is that fire, the fire creates a passion for God and for people. In Luke chapter 24, verse 32, it says, And they said to one another, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? You see, on the road to Emmaus, the resurrected Christ talks with two disciples who describe their hearts as burning within us. After the apostles received the Holy Spirit at Pentecost, they had a passion that compelled them to speak the word boldly. In Isaiah 64, 2, it says this, And when fire sets twigs ablaze and causes water to boil, come down to make your name known to your enemies and cause the nations to quake before you. You see, your passion and fire for God should be so hot that people around you, people who are in touch with you, people who speak with you, people who interact with you, people who do business with you should all catch that fire. See, I remember as a new Christian, I was going downtown to share Jesus on the streets. I don't even I didn't even know the word of God, but I knew the God of the word. 
You see, I was ignorance on fire. So you see, ignorance on fire is better than educated and cold. And I began to share the word of God and share my testimony. And people started coming to Jesus, not because of what I knew, but because of the fire that I had in my life. You see, I was sharing with some drug dealers on Gray Street who actually knew the Bible better than me. When Christians have a hard time sharing their faith, see, we need to understand that there are things that come against us. They knew the Bible better than me. And you know, I began to share with them. And as they began to quote scriptures back to me, I realized that really I couldn't defend myself with God's word. I just didn't know it. But I remember stepping back and I told them then, I said, listen, I see that you know God's word. As a matter of fact, you know God's word better than I do. But let me ask you a question. What has God's word done for you? I'm not judging you, but I'm looking in your eyes and I see the red. Listen, I was getting high for 15 years of my life. I see that you're high. You're standing on this street corner. What has God's word done for you? And at that point, they got really quiet. And I began to pray. I said, would it be okay if I pray for you right now? And I began to pray out loud. Listen, I began to pray so loud on the streets. The people that were walking down the sidewalk stopped, took off their hats in reverence. Come on, somebody. How many of that when the presence of God shows up, when the fear of the Lord begins to flow, that people will stop in their tracks. They'll sense the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, many Christians have a hard time sharing their faith. They allow fear, the fear of rejection, what people think, and the lack of knowledge to silence them. Luke chapter 12, verse 12, the word of God says, the Holy Spirit will give you the words to say at the moment when you need them. You see, if you have a passion for God, you'll have a passion for people. And the word of God says that perfect love casts out all fear. So you're not afraid to share the gospel. You know that it's the power of God unto salvation. And the third thing is this, the fire produces purity. In Titus chapter 2, verses 11 through 14, God's word says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that, denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearance of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that we might redeem, that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and listen and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for God's work. See, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to produce purity in the church, purity in our hearts, since God's desire is to purify us. The Holy Spirit is a primary agent in the sanctification and the transformation of the people of God. You know, it reminds me of a story. While studying the book of Malachi, a woman's group came across verse 3, which says, He will sit as a refiner and purifier of silver. They wondered how this applied to the character and nature of God. One of the women offered to find out more about the process of refining fire. She called up a silversmith and made an appointment to watch him while he worked. She said she was just curious about the process. As she watched the silversmith work, he held a piece of silver over the fire and let it heat up. 
He explained that in the refining silver, one needed to hold the silver in the middle of the fire where the flames were the hottest as it burns away all the impurities. The woman thought about God holding us in such a hot spot. Then she thought about it again and the verse said, He sits as a refiner and a purifier of silver. She asked the silversmith, is it true that you have to sit there in front of the fire the entire time the silver was being refined? The man answered, yes. Not only do I have to sit there holding the fire, but I must keep my eyes on it the entire time it's in the fire. See, if the silver was left even a moment too long in the flames, it would be destroyed. The woman was silent for a moment, then asked this, but how do you know when the silver is fully refined? He smiled at her and answered, Oh, that's easy when I can see my image in it. You see, as a silversmith uses fire to purge the dross from the precious metal, so the Lord used the Holy Spirit fire to refine us and cleanse us from our sin so that he can see his image in us. Psalm 66.10 says, For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. And because God's kingdom, which cannot be shaken, listen, and because God's kingdom cannot be shaken, we can serve God passionately and let his fire consume us. In Jeremiah, it says, then I, Jeremiah 29, it says, Then I said, I will not make mention of him, nor speak any more in his name. But his word was in my heart like a burning fire, shut up in my bones. I was weary of holding back, and I could not. See, I want to let you know here today that God wants to conform us to the image of his son. And he often puts us in a fire to heal us and purify our lives. Maybe you've been held back by the hurts of your past. It wasn't fair. They hurt you. They abused you. They rejected you. And today, you need the power to learn to forgive. Maybe you've had a terrible divorce or relationship breakup that was so horrible and emotionally it drained you. It, it pulled so much out of you. You have a hard time sleeping and you know it's time to move on, but you just don't have the power to do it. Perhaps you struggle with fear and doubt and worry and your faith is weak today and you're in dire need of hope. Maybe you're a Christian and you feel empty on the inside. You need the fire of God to revive you. I want to feel God. You need the Holy Spirit presence to make the difference. Salvation and baptism in the Holy Spirit. Walking in the Spirit with Carlos Rivera. Don't forget to share this podcast. Let us know how God is working in your life and how we can pray for you. If you wonder about it, wander around it, worry about it, join us for fresh inspiration and motivation from the Word of God with new episodes available every Friday. Connect with Carlos at carlosmrivera.com.